0: Welcome to episode ninety. Hold on, what episode did I say it was? No, this is going live. It's ninety five. We're, We're episode ninety five, Greg. I thought, okay, it, yeah, starting 95. it over. All right, here we go. Do it. Welcome to episode ninety
1: five of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis, and I'm Jared Dobbs. And how you doing, buddy? Doing good, but you're
0: pointing finger guns yeah, at finger guns, at me, guns which at you, is uh, yeah. a threat. Uh, you, you can't get away with that nowadays. Yeah. You just can't. I mean, uh, I, I think of how I'm ruining my children because they're so used to guns. Yeah, And thank goodness my kids as of right now are homeschooled because <laughs> my son, my oldest, just wants to talk about red dots. And like he knows terminology of firearms. I love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. He'll be over at a family member's house. And if we're like checking out a gun or something, I'll be like, that's the magazine. That's the red dot. That's you know whatever he like he can name off parts of a standard AR15 I, I love it that's great um but yes you, you can imagine if he were in public school how that might be a problem <laughs> when all of a sudden he starts talking guns well, it definitely is. there's there's you know there's stories of kids
1: making finger guns and getting suspended or making a their peanut butter and jelly sandwich biting it in the shape of a gun and getting suspended and you know there's, there's all kinds of ridiculous stuff
0: Honestly, I think with where I'm at in our, in our area, our community, I don't think it would honestly be a problem. I'm just kind of, you know, exaggerating a little bit, but I guess it could be, I mean, it depends on the school. It depends on, you know, whether or not the community is a hunting community or into firearms or whatever, but yeah, there are some stories that I've seen across uh, over the years, I should say that kind of made me a little nervous raising kids around firearms. Here but are.
1: I, and I I've thought about it too, and just—I mean, my kids are—they're just—they're so used to seeing guns around, and they've been brought up to know what I call the five gun rules. They know the four that we all know, and the fifth one, which I actually call the first one, is don't touch them unless I'm there and and I'm able to to help them. Um, they're just—they know those rules so well, and they're—I've also just grown up. They see them everywhere. That. They don't even think anything else. So it actually concerns me because, uh, just because they're so used to it, that like, uh, I shouldn't say it concerns me, but if they saw something, you know, like a kid doing finger guns or whatever at school, like they wouldn't even even think about it, of it being offensive, which I doubt there's any other students that are causing the issue, is overreactive teachers, but.
0: Or a parent, you know, kid goes home and says, Tommy pointed a finger gun at me. Yeah. And that becomes a, a major problem. But you know what's funny? So not to get into politics or anything, but you know how there's there's fear of gun control coming and stuff. And and one of the bills that was introduced in the house, I guess, either it was introduced or it is going to be introduced, is the proper storage of firearms Yeah, in your own home, of course, you know, your private property. What I think is funny as I'm sitting here, we're talking about our kids. I bet you my six year old could handle a firearm as good or better than anybody that would come to enforce the storage rules, right? And that's that's the cultural aspect that I think we obviously a vast number i shouldn't say it's not really a majority i don't know anymore i think it's like 42 or 44 percent of people say they have at least one the gun, one gun in the home whatever i don't know the stats but there's a lot of us that do own firearms and we raise our kids around them and in most of those homes i would venture to guess again this is all based on my anecdotal data which is not data it is my opinion I'd say my upbringing and most of the people around me are, are very safe with firearms and if they do have firearms in the home, they do instill these rules with their children. And I have a fifth rule, which again is just like the first rule. If my kids want to see one of my guns, they just have to ask. I don't care what time of the day it is. If Bennett wants to see a red dot, cause he just loves looking through them. I will go to the safe, you know, make sure it's unloaded, whatever. Sometimes I'll even just pop the upper receiver completely off the lower of an AR 15. And then he can just kind of hold it and play around with it and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's just that simple. I, I don't think, um, I think there are parents that don't do their due diligence and take care of their kids and raise them properly around firearms. But I, you know, in my world, my sphere, most people are taking care of their kids. So okay. anyway, not anyway. to go down the politics train, but you know, that's where it's at. Oh, that's not even early politics. It's just basic. I kind of kind of tied it in with the parenting one-on-one the possible, you know, the possibility of gun control. So that's where I went down the politics train a little bit. So anyway,
1: one of the things I wanted to what's new in your world. Oh, what's new? zoom here. So today was actually my wife's first day working, working here. Uh, so she's, she's going to be taking over customer service, which is going to be amazing to have somebody like full-time that can, that can focus on, on the customers, give them, um, just you know, a really good experience from that side of things, right? Because Dusty's been doing both customer service and sales, and it's just, uh, it's 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 not working. It's just too much, to to do both, and both are getting, both of those avenues are getting, uh, 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 you know, it's kind of let down and neglected a little bit. So uh, anyway, yeah, she's she started, which is super cool. It's kind of weird, not gonna lie. Like seeing my wife walk into my work and like sit down and start working. So it's gonna be a little learning curve. It's probably best that I'm not the one training her to do the job. Like, Oh, you no, know, no, her and Dusty are going to work together and, and get, get her trained up and get her ready. And really the biggest learning curve for her is just going to be like gun knowledge. You know, she, she can shoot and she's actually a really good, good shot, but you know, she doesn't know the the nuts and bolts of, of firearms like, like we do. So, um, that's going to be kind of the thing that is probably going to take, just take the most time to learn, but she learns really fast and and works really hard. So that's going to be awesome. And, uh, I think what else
0: I am, she works for free, right? Because she's your wife. Like you don't have to pay her. Isn't that how that works? Uh, could, could, I could just, <laughs> I could just take double
1: pay. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, that's actually going to work out. Pretty well because we're gonna be able to open up another uh simple IRA and then yeah, so it's gonna work out you're beyond me, man. I'm when it gets to that stuff, I'm like woo. Yeah, so we actually um end of the year last year, I opened up uh like retirement options for uh for our full time and if Really, it, kind of, it ended up working out like if, if you make so much a year, so even if you're part-time, if you make so much a year, you can be eligible uh, to put money into a simple IRA and then we match up to 3% of their gross pay at the end of the year. So um, just really ni- nice way to give back and, and help, our, help our employees save up and stuff. So anyway... It's gonna be nice because there's there is a max you can put in put into that. And i I think I maxed out my simple IRA. So we're gonna be able to open up another one under her. So that so that'd be great. Nice double benefits. Yeah. Um downside is now we're paying for our own health insurance, which is not cheap. I could buy you a nice car every year for what it costs
0: for mm-hmm. health insurance. Especially for a family. Yeah. It's affordable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's fun. Um, oh,
1: what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, I'm like neck deep into new projects and the new and the new products, and really like that's that's it's really what I'm trying to focus all my time on. Um, that was one of the reasons why I hired Corey and other people is to take more off of off of my plate and the other guy's plate, so that we can be more specialized in what we do and really my, my two jobs have turned into um, engineering and, and product creation and uh, like, and content creation, social media stuff. So it's nice to be able to focus on those things, but honestly, I'm so focused on new products that I'm, I'm dropping the ball on, on social media content. Like I think, Yesterday, I forgot about it till about six o'clock in the evening. I just set some stuff down, took a, it was a nice picture, but I took a nice picture and posted that up. So I would like to get, I'd like to get to the point and, and maybe we can get into, into this more since this is your, your area. I'm curious what you guys do, but um, I would like to actually come up with a game plan of of what we post, when we post it, make sure that we're hitting, you know, you know, make sure that we're hitting all the informational um type posts that we need to be doing so so people can learn about our product and learn about how it benefits them mix in some funny stuff mix in uh glamour shots but like i want to actually come up with a game plan for like i don't know every thursday is neomag information day every tuesday is Step information day and then in between you can fill in with three posts or glamour shots stuff like that so um yeah, maybe that's uh, like, do you do any of that? Like, do, do, you, do you actively plan that stuff out or do you just kind of create
0: stuff and then post it when it's created? We have gotten a lot better at games, you know, game planning, game storming. I, I almost just said game storm. It's like brainstorming, but game planning. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Brain planning. <laughs> We've gotten a lot better, I will say. Uh, one of the things that John helped me with right when he jumped on board right away was our organization of content and that was a big deal. So having some kind of a framework of how you store content actually kind of comes before you start planning the content. And I was always just kind of like getting out on the range and take a thousand pictures and, you know, cool stuff, whatever, do a couple of videos when I can spur the moment, think of them off the top of my head. So John and I spent a lot of time thinking and talking about what do we want to do with the content? And really it's my job as the captain of the marketing team, you know, the leader of the marketing team to create the vision for where the content is going to go. And it's, it's so much more than just the content. It, the content drives, in my opinion, what people see of the company and kind of the image that you're portraying. So we spent a lot of time diving into what that looks like out of that came our goal to grow the ta targets youtube page and so because of that we created a series that is essentially a doorway that allows ta targets to review products without it being really cliche not without it being corny because like ta targets is not a product reviewing entity it just isn't we want to sell our product and um and all that stuff but so to answer your question, yes, we're getting more structured with how we're doing stuff, but there's still a whole lot of shooting from the hip, yeah. if that makes sense. It I would be lying to anybody listening if, you know, if you look at our feed and you have no idea what goes on behind the scenes, it probably looks so, somewhat structured. It probably, you know, you see themes, you see styles, you, you know, we have these reels we're putting out lately. There's educational content coming out. So like, you'll see these themes, but if I told you that I planned this out for four weeks ahead of time, I'd be lying to you. Um, Typically the way my week looks as far as content planning is the end of a week, I start really thinking about, okay, what's next week going to look like? So that would be Friday, Friday afternoon. I'm usually cleaning up my office, whatever, you know, getting ready to go home for the weekend. And then over the weekend, I'm just mulling over, in my brain what do i want to do next week for content so i am better at thinking ahead than i was but it's still there's a lot more that i need to grow a lot in that area of organization Um, but then usually monday i'm in touch with john and we're discussing we're texting we're on the phone figuring out what does the range day look like for this week because essentially the way we've been structuring it is one day a week we're on the range possibly two, but one range day with structured with a structure, I should say has been enough to give us about a week and a half of content between photos and videos. So right now we actually have a surplus. So John's working on two separate YouTube videos. I just did the voiceover for one this morning um, and he's cranking away. so we've been able to do one to two YouTube videos a week. um, And it's been working really well. Uh, we started, our YouTube had like 200 subscribers. It was pitiful after five years and we're closing in on 1100 and our videos are now getting to the point where we're starting to see a thousand, 2000 views. So like, that's that snowball that I'm looking for. Um, and then also we're working through together, really trying to figure out how can we pull community into ta targets not just flashy edits and the way that i i've been doing that lately is just very very basic firearms education stuff Mm -hmm. i'm sure you get it all the time we get it all the time just hey i'm just really having frustration with shooting this gun can you give me a couple tips and you know i don't feel i'm not a professional i'm not somebody who's you know kicked indoors i don't I like i don't have this vast array of knowledge to give people but i do have something to give people and i feel like what we can give them we should give them so that's another thing that we're trying to get more structured is is helping people as much as possible um so yeah that's long-winded very long-winded but one of the things that i've dropped the ball on a lot lately is photography which is kind of funny to me but we've been so gung-ho on videos. And I just said this to John last week. I am majorly dropping the ball on photos. It's it's because you know how this is. When you go to the range to shoot photos, it's a different mindset than if you go to the range to shoot videos. Right. And that's why one of the – I see in 2021 one of the positions that we'll be filling up as a photographer um, yeah. because it it's just it, – you can take screen grabs. I mean, we're, we are recording everything in 4k. So yes, we can grab screen grabs, but that's never the same as positioning a subject, making it perfect and then taking the photo. So yes, screen grabs have worked. We've used them in a couple of our photos, but it's just not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. No, anyway, I hear that
1: especially. Yeah. It, if you, there's only one person on the range doing you know, with a camera, it is really hard to go back and forth between photos and videos. It almost had, so one thing, thing was
0: impossible. It,
1: yeah, it, one thing I've done before is is if if we're going to the range and we have things, we have it scheduled out. Here's here are the videos we're gonna do. Um, we'll shoot those videos, and then we'll say, okay, done with the videos like either go run the same thing or hate or I'll switch over to photos then and say, okay, now, now we're just doing photos. And then you can kind of switch those gears in your mind. You can switch uh, from your, your video list to your shot list and start going through. But it, if you're
0: trying to do it at the same time, like switching back and forth and stuff, it's, it's, it's not gonna it, happen. If you think about it, we, we set the gimbal up. And so I'm, I'm ordering more audio equipment as we speak. And so our equipment is getting more complex. So when we set up the gimbal, it's no longer just, Hey, let's just strap this little camera in and call it a day. Like once it's set up, there's a lot of stuff going on. So you can't just pull the camera out of the gimbal and say, Oh, that's a cool pose, Jared. Stop there for a second and take that shot. Yeah. So it, it becomes impossible for us to get the kind of photos that we need to get on top of that. If I had somebody on the team strictly for photography, they could actually be in the background snapping photos of the action in action. And that's the other thing that I, I desire to see is if I'm running a drill and I have a video explaining the drill, I would love to have a series of photos that I could then write a blog post and have like a sequence of that exact same thing. So if I, if I fumble a reload and I want to talk about it, I have photos of me fumbling that reload. Like I don't care if John's in the picture or whatever, it doesn't matter. But just the fact that we can reuse content and apply it to the newsletter, apply it to our blogs, you know, it it's one of those things that I understand why companies that really want to get into digital marketing, they have typically, from what I've seen from people I've talked to, you've got someone who's a graphic designer, someone who's a photographer, a videographer, talent, which would be whoever's talking on camera, and then, props and things like that. That's like the bare basics of a, a marketing team. Now affording the marketing team is a, (laughs) a totally different beast. Um, it's so, yeah, I don't know. 2021 has me nervous, but I'm trying to grow as a leader and a planner and, um, someone who's mapping our content in a way that I can at least be ahead of the game when we show up on the range. So we're not fumbling or or questioning. Um, One of the other things we've done is we spent a solid three months, probably one day a week on the range, at least at minimum one day a week on the range. We have not skipped weeks. And if we weren't on the range, we were in the studio recording videos. We have so much content. It is absurd. So what we've done and I think it's going to be entertaining. People are going to like it. But what we've done now is I've pulled topics out of that content that are going to be largely talking in the studio, but we have all the B-roll you could ever want. So like the one we just start, we're wrapping up now is kind of a funny video. Uh, not really funny, but it's kind of clickbait. It's just five reasons why an AR-15 is better than an AK-47. And I've got tons of Galil content, tons of AR-15 content, tons of, everything so yeah videos like that they're just fun they're engaging yeah um so i'm trying to get better at at doing that yeah but it's a a constant you know but i'm kind of in your boat i've actually this week i'm wrapping up two products that we've had kind of on the i don't want to say back burner because we we've actually marketed the one somewhat over the last year, but I'm finalizing some of the accessories for it. So we're probably, you know, both plugging away, designing stuff in our own corners.
1: And, and unfortunately the, uh, these products are just going to take a while. So I'm trying to be like, I I'm, I'm trying to get through the engineering phase quickly so that we can get to the R and D and working out kinks and get like I'm, I'm itching to cut some, cut some POs to, to get stuff rolling. But, uh, but at the same time, I really want to, I don't know. I want to get stuff out as fast as possible, but I also want to do this right. Which means it's going to take some time. Plus just, if there's anything I learned from our last product launch with the Sentry strap is I way underestimated the demand that we have now. Just we've built demand over 5 years we built a customer base we've and seeing how um honestly even the rask a couple of years ago seeing how that how well that went over when it launched having stuff in stock for the flash in the pan launch time and then it not going out of stock um like you know for very long after that uh is it just uh, so? I'm I'm trying to figure out like what does this need to look like? How much quantity of the stuff do we need to have in stock? Because there's there's a possibility at, at least between the two products of having six figures in purchase orders out. If not possible, <laughs> there, there's a possibility of six figures for one of these products. Like if it's going to go as well as what I think it is, and normally I'm I'm kind of a little more. Realistic, pessimistic on things. Um, and the Sentry Strap is, is proof of that. Um, I think if I feel good about it, I'm afraid how how much better it might go off than the things that I don't think are going to go over real big that do go over real big, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out like how, how much of this product do we need to have ready at launch time? so that we don't sell out and then it take forever to get back in stock. And then it sell out again and forever to get back in stock. Um, it's kind of scary. Like I might be writing some, I might be sending some really big POs to, to get stuff, get stuff going. So, um, so I'm in the middle of like, uh, well, I'm, I'm on the tail end of engineering these things. Um, so i'm nearing the r&d phase of like i've got a couple um I have a couple guys in the industry that that do a lot of r&d and they've agreed to help uh, you know I, you know run the stuff and let us know what they think they you know they've used they've used products before that that are maybe kind of similar so they know how those products failed so they're going to know right away, what to test on these products to, to see if they're going to fail. And, and then my plan is after that, you know, after we kind of get thumbs up, okay. On the, on, on that end to then pick like, I don't know, a dozen people to then send, send the product to let them run it for, for a while. And, and, it, and that becomes the, the real hard part to be patient on. Cause do you give people a week to run stuff and give you feedback um do you give them a month i guess it kind of depends on what what your goal is with sending product to those people are you just sending stuff to influencers so that they can create content so that way launch day they're able to come out with stuff or am i sending stuff to them to also get their r&d type of feedback so
0: yeah yeah like the man there's just there's so much work to do (laughs) on these typically i always fell into the category of doing our own testing And then by the time we hit influencers, we're kind of, we already know the product's legit, it's going to last, whatever. We've taken it to a couple range days, had a couple people shoot it. But that's something I've thought about a lot is actually integrating people into the essentially final phases before production. Uh, The one that I would say that was the closest that we've done is that Vital Zone target because I had that out with you guys. Uh, and we talked about it on the range in Ohio. I had that out to a couple other events with different people. Just kind of behind the scenes to to get some R&D and testing and feedback and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. It's always a, a hard balance. Um, I think the uh, the closest thing we had to an explosion of demand was when we released the hostage assemblies. That was one of the products that a lot of people really jumped on. Um, but yeah, no, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. I, the products that I'm working on, the one may have a lot of demand. I'm not hundred percent sure. The other one I can even talk about is just finalizing our, our bullet trap. We went through a couple of revisions over the last year, so I haven't marketed it hard. I plan to, because it is very unique. It works for a studium. Uh, not a stadium, stadium ball trap or bullet trap. And it's a studio. Dude, I can't talk. Stadium bullet traps are kind of low to the ground. And this allows you to have the lean angles that snipers up in the top of a stadium would be engaging a target. People that are doing entries and stairways, either going up or down a flight of stairs, you can set these bullet traps up so that you're actually engaging at a perpendicular level. That's just going to help the rubber last longer. It's going to be less wear and tear in the system. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to it. But either way, uh, we're just trying to not totally reinvent the wheel there, but offer something with the same materials that people are used to with our targets and serviceability with the strike plates, the fact that it captures the lead, you can empty out the tray, all that stuff. So that's a pretty cool system, but we've had a lot of consumers reach out and say, Hey, I'd love to get one of those things. And they see the price tag and it's like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's definitely a professional target or not a target system, but a professional product. You're not going to just buy this and put it in your basement. Yeah. I mean, you, you're welcome to I, who am I to judge, but well, I, I, I need one for my shop. I want to put one out back. So we got to talk. Yeah, you, you definitely, definitely could. Yeah. I'll just carry it on my back out to Ohio. There you go. You know, it'll be awesome. I'll just walk the whole way. I mean, you can drive, but bring a trap you. in tote. Just come <laughs> out and visit and bring one with you. Well, no, no, I want to struggle so I can guilt trip you then. Hmm. Well, your Jeep's going to struggle. So we got that going for you. Uh, yeah, it might. <laughs> it's not that heavy. The bullet traps. I don't know with the rubber. Honestly, this is the part that'll blow people's minds. Depending, So we have two different versions of our bullet trap that we've sold to different customers. And depending on which one you go with, the rubber actually weighs more than the steel. I could imagine. It is this vulcanized thick. It's not like crushed up rubber. It's brand new. So they like mold this crazy rubber into a solid block and there's virtually no air bubbles or pockets in the thing at all. So like I want to say the rubber itself is like 120 pounds or 140 pounds, something like that. So (laughs) it's crazy. Bring your friends. It's replaceable, but bring a buddy. Yeah, I (laughs) could. You'll need it.
1: Um i think something else I want to add to that that point. So one of the things I did I did want to talk to you about. So you've told me a couple of times last couple of weeks, I think you just kind of started, is Uh, just like time management for yourself and you've been doing like block scheduling, hour block schedules throughout your day. You're like scheduling every hour. So I guess tell me how that's like, what got you started doing that?
0: So I want to be clear with everybody. Uh, I'm not going to come to you as a professional time manager. In fact, I'm not the best, which is what, kind of led me to this point. So I, I just realized that I'm extremely scatterbrained. Sometimes I can, I can be the most laser focused person depending on the day or depending on what's going on. But if my phone notifications are going off, if I see emails popping in, it is so easy for me to be in a very, a very important task, but then jump to these non-essential things. And I just get consumed with this crap that I look up, it's four o'clock, four thirty, five o'clock. And I'm like, well, there's my day. I didn't do anything that I wanted to get done. So what I I finally got fed up the other week. I don't even remember when it was. I was like, this is just ridiculous. I keep getting pulled into just random stuff. And my day just gets sucked away. So I finally just one evening, I think it was a Thursday night or a Wednesday night. I stayed late. And in my little, I bought this little notebook, which nobody else will see, but it's just this tiny little notebook I can keep in my back pocket. What I started to do was generically lay out my schedule every hour. And essentially every hour is a new task. And the reason I did that, and again, this isn't backed by data. I'm just, I've been trying it. It's been working for me pretty well. My brain is so fast paced and because focus can sometimes be, be an issue, I would rather get a little bit done of a lot of important things than try to focus on one important thing per day and get none of it done. Right. And so what I've been doing is, you know, in the morning I have a block where I post Instagram, I answer my email messages. Because to me that's important, but it's not necessarily the most important. And then I just break out every hour after that. And I will allow up to two hours depending on the task Um, today, I was updating the website, matching new products, new SKUs and stuff to accounting. And that was a little bit more involved. So I will allow a two hour window, but I don't allow a three or four or five hour window. So again, I'd be lying to you if I said I was a pro, these things have gotten shuffled around. For example, you and I were talking this morning about the podcast and, and some of the things got pushed. I did a revised schedule then just made some notes on it. But I've just found that the last couple of days that I've been doing this, I feel like I'm more fulfilled at the end of the day. I feel like I've accomplished more. I'm working on a video edit. Here's a perfect example. So I've been allowing myself one to two hours per day to finish this edit. And yeah, it kind of sucks that I'm only getting a little bit done per day, but every day I've gotten a little bit done. Whereas before it would just be my phone's ringing. I'm you know, getting sucked into whatever else and I got none of it done. So it's to me, this is all about me making incremental progress on many, many different projects that are all extremely important. And, uh, I, I I just, I can't put a level of worth of one over top of another because they're all important. Yeah. You know, if it was very clear to me that, okay, this is number one, And this is number two, number three, maybe I'd be able to get through it. But the reality is I'm still, I'm working on things behind the scenes. I'm working on new products. We're working on content and they're all important. Um, Downside, I would say of doing it this way is you have to allocate enough time to put time towards your schedule. And that takes me 30 to 45 minutes. So That I would say that's the hardest part that I've noticed so far.
1: But have you found that like just because I was I was thinking about that too? I'm like, man, that means I have to spend 30 minutes a day scheduling out my day. But then I got to thinking, I was, I think for the most part, I do. Like, I could pretty easily for the next week schedule certain blocks of time every day for the next week for like engineering for you know, for new products and then schedule a block of time for for photography and, and videography. Like I, I'm to the point now where I'm finally feeling like I've got a few tasks that I do every day and I could pretty easily schedule out my next, you know, week, if not month, almost by the hour of, you know, just every day from Two to four is new product time. Doors closed, and I could just I could do that every day. And then, if I need to, like you know, for our podcast something like that, say, hey, you know, this this week, let's do it at two o'clock. Okay, I know that I have engineering time set aside, but I also know that I don't have anything scheduled in the morning, so I can move that. You know, I feel like, I guess, let me ask you, do do you feel like you can pretty easily just block schedule?
0: day-to-day kind of the same tasks each day or it varies so that's why at the end of the day from between 4 and four thirty, that's when i've been just listening to music and scheduling this out so here's one perspective and this is kind of probably one of my best ways to describe it to anybody i would guilt trip myself because I knew something was important and needed done right away, but it may not be as important. So essentially what I'm doing with this schedule is creating an agreement with myself. I am giving myself permission to pull away from something that's unfinished. Whereas before in my brain, I'd be saying, why are you not finishing this? Focus on one thing, focus on one thing. And so now I don't feel guilty because I've agreed with myself the day before that these blocks of time, are for very important things. But after that block of time, we're moving on to the other thing because it's all important. Now I think the trap that maybe I could get into, and again, I have only been doing this for a short period of time, past two weeks, three weeks, whatever. So maybe the trap that I could get into is never finishing anything. But at at this point I found that I'm actually far more productive um, because there were times the last couple of weeks especially in 2020 i noticed this where i would freeze because there's a lot of pressure and i'd sit here for 45 minutes debating okay do i do this thing or do i do that thing and i'd start this one thing but then feel guilty because i'm like well this other thing's really important yeah and i probably am diagnosable in some <laughs> no in i think it's totally normal though capacity it's just, but like there, it's, there's only uh, so much that you can
1: that your brain can do. And, you know, I, I, I know, I don't think we've talked about this before, you know, multitasking is supposed to be this, this grand thing that people should be able to do, but I think it's a load of, of BS. I think, I think the mind's meant to do and focus on one thing at a time. So, you know, scheduling yourself out to give yourself time for your brain, just to focus on one thing at a time, I think it's huge, but also I I think this is probably for me, because I think I'm going to start doing this and it's, it's kind of when I want to bring it up and just ask some questions. Like just like yesterday, I had my head buried in my computer all day doing engineering stuff. And at the end of the day, I felt like I got nothing done. Not that I didn't get a lot of stuff done, but I didn't get anything else done. There's other things that I need to do every day. Um, like content creation stuff. I just, I didn't do it yesterday because I was so wrapped up in new product stuff. And part of me is like, well, that's what I should be doing. That's the future of the company. But I have stuff I need to do now for now company. Um, so I, I think for me, it's going to be, it, it, it's, it's going to be good for me to to just block that time out. And just so when I start that task, I know that, you know, this is the time for for this task. I have time scheduled in for the other things I'm going to get to those things because I have that stuff scheduled out. Right, right now, this is the time I need to be, I need to be focused on, on that, on this thing. So I think that's just, I I think, I think it'd be really good for me to do too. I think I'm going to, I'm going to try it. And it seems at first when I started thinking about it, like it seems really constricting. So I'm like, well, what if somebody needs to come to my office and talk to me? Well, that just eats out of that that time. And then I'm going to feel behind or, um, Or what if I need to take a call and then that schedule, like that bumps things, which that stuff happens to me every day. Like every day I've come in here in my office to sit down, draw engineer, something else comes up that deserves my attention. So I give my attention to it and then I I get my mind taken off of that task. So I think one of the things I'm also going to do with that is, um, is schedule closed door time and tell yep. people because I close my door all the time and my door gets knocked on all the time. So I also need to share with the people here, Hey, when the door's closed, it's closed for a reason. And if you need me, send me an email, <laughs> text me. And if it's something yeah, that, that yeah. So there's, I, I think there's some boundaries that I need to, I need to set and not even so much for people that knocking on my door. I need to set those boundaries for myself and say, no, this is, this, this is dedicated time for this task. Um, unless somebody's dying or the building's on fire and you need me to leave, like probably what you're knocking on my door for doesn't need to be, you know, it
0: doesn't need my attention at this moment. And I kind of look at it, it's no different than a budget for your finances. Yeah, You, you kind of create a basic framework and then you stick to it. But yes, occasionally you have things come up. But to me, the the cool part is, I've had enough organization that, you know, I had phone calls today that jumped in in the middle of my blocks of time. Well, of course they're important. I took them. But but again, I gave myself permission that that's my window and I'm, I'm moving forward. So I had, I already had today's and tomorrow's schedule created. And all that meant was that because 20 minutes got chewed out of that, I added some more time tomorrow to it. So it's just, to me, important that, I'm giving myself permission to not put immense pressure on myself and then freeze, you know, and I'm giving myself the flexibility. And I was going to reiterate that too, that I think that that just means communicating with the team when you need that time to do the most important tasks that you're working on. And I remember we talked about it a long time ago. Uh, I think the book's called the, the one thing or something like that. It's, a book I read a long time ago that talks about focusing on the most important thing. And then one of the things that I walked away with in that book is there's times that you have to put that sign on your door and communicate to your team that this is the one thing that I have to be working on right now. And unless it's a really big emergency, you just let me in my space. And I have signs that I hang on my door. So Ethan knows and Mark knows and Kirby knows and all of our team members know that if I have this sign up, I am ingrained in something, um, same sign. I hang up when we're on our podcast and stuff. So it's a communication thing, but I don't, like I said, I won't profess to be an expert at this, but I have felt a lot less stressed. Um, and I feel like I can give educated responses to people that are saying, Hey, can we get on a phone call at this time? I can be like, okay, let me check my schedule. Cool. Yes, I can do that. Um, or if I can't, I can't, and then we reschedule it. So, yeah,
1: no, I, I think it's fantastic that, that you're doing it, that you're, you're not just going along with what you've always done, but that you're, you're trying something new and, and um, and that it's, it's working for you. And, and you're going to learn, I think you're gonna learn how to tweak stuff and you're gonna learn how to, and maybe even eventually you learn, okay, I I, I don't need to block out every hour of my day because, because, you'll find kind of a rhythm with like, okay, just every day, two to four office time every day, you know, nine to 10 AM is this. And, and you'll kind of, for the most part, kind of find, you know, that rhythm. Um, you know, I, I can have open door time of, you know, if you need me, this is the time to do it. But you know, one of the other the things I was thinking is, um, I've done a number of videos recently where I've, I've had dusty do do something on the video. And so I'm doing the filming, he's doing, doing a thing. And I, I've had to tear him away from his job to come and do these things. which at times I've, I've seen him be like, man, I, I really,
0: I really don't have time <laughs> for that right now.
1: Uh, Cause he has a lot of stuff to get done, but he also knows it's important to do this. So he does, he leaves what he's doing. It'd be good if I could, if I could tell him, Hey man, every day from, you know, from, from 11 to to 12, like, you know, before lunch, this is going to be content time. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to end up being good for everybody else here too, because I'm going to be able to make sure that there's time being scheduled for all the important things need to get done. And it's not, it's not like yesterday where I was just buried into one task all day and let let other things slip. So um, now I just have to figure out kind of how I want to do it. Do I want to, you know, I, I use Google calendars. You, know, you, you can schedule hour by hour on that. Um, that's probably what I'm gonna do. I'm sure Google might have another app f- for that as well, but um,
0: yeah, I just, that was the gotta kind of figure out how I want to keep track of it. Last thing I was gonna say is what I've really enjoyed, so I would say probably the tw- end of 2017, beginning of 2018 is when I really started taking notes, if that makes sense. I, you might've even seen it. Like I didn't in my past, I didn't used to write stuff down so much. I'm now up to, it's gotta be six or seven of these thick notebooks full of my business plans and notes. And now I have my little schedule in a notebook and I, I've chosen to physically write it down. Partially because the other day I spent probably an hour, hour and a half. I came here on the weekend. I was working on some personal projects and things like that. I stumbled across my whole stack of my notebooks. And it was just amazing to look back to like end of 2017 at what I was writing down and what was important to me and what I was trying to work through. And these aren't journals. I'm not really a journaler. I don't really write emotions on papers and stuff. You know, that's just not me. But I do write all my plans, I write product ideas, and it was fun to look back through a physical paper trail of what I've done so far in the business. So that's again, not for everybody. There's lots of technology and I feel like I'm kind of stepping back from technology a little bit. Um, I almost bought the Remarkable tablet. I don't know if you've seen that. It's like a tablet, but it's like paper. So you can handwrite stuff. You should look that up. No,
1: I've got something. Let me uh, hold one sec.
0: So while Greg's going and grabbing his stuff, we're gonna gossip about him and talk. Oh, he's back. All right, so yeah, it's right behind me. <laughs> so it's called Rocket Book. Have you seen Rocket Book?
1: No. It it's it sounds very similar. So it's a uh, it's called Rocket Rocket Book Fusion. And what is it? It's a notebook. And the pages are it's like right on paper. But it's almost like a plasticky type of thing, so it, it won't tear. And it, so you, so what you do is, and there's different different pages. So like the first page is a project list, task, uh, due date, estimated time check. It's like a checklist. Then there's a calendar. Then there's another page. It's objectives, key results, action plan, reflections. Um, then there's a bunch of pages that are just like dot grids. Then after that there's lined, there's a bunch of pages of, of lined pages. And what it is, is there's an app as well. And it it does use a special pen. I mean, they're not any more expensive than than any other pens, Um, but it's, it's a ball pen. It's erasable on, on the paper that they use in these books. So there's an app. And what the app does is you can snap a picture of the page. It'll store it. Um, It'll send, to email so there's actually different accounts that are like different email accounts that you can set up so if you're if you're taking notes in a meeting or something you can snap a picture of that sometimes it'll actually dictate what you write if you have good enough handwriting it'll actually dictate it um, and my handwriting is really poor and it actually does a decent job at, at dictating my handwriting but it'll turn it into text email it nice. to to all the email accounts in it and then it also stores uh, stores it because I was like you where I was filling up notebooks like crazy and then I would need to reference something that I wrote down in the past and I could not find it um just I wasn't doing a good job at like at um dating pages or notebooks and anything like that so I have a bunch of notebooks and I'm flipping around trying to find stuff whereas this um like just like you're you're not filling out a bunch of notebooks because there's one and it's reusable and you're, you're able to keep track of things um, within the app. I think it's great and I love it. Uh, I actually, I only used it for a couple of weeks and I got, I got a new iPad um, for Christmas and I've been using Google tasks, which we kind of started using company wide here. Um, cause, cause we're all kind of, um, you know, we all use Google stuff, especially Dusty is a big Google guy. Um, but I use Google tasks now. And what I've been able to do with that is, um, I have my to-do list and then I actually sync Dusty and Nate and Corey and soon to be Libby. Like, um, I can sync taskless, task list task lists with them and then I can see what their tasks are because a lot of you know me and the guys have a monthly or a morning meeting every Monday just to kind of plan out the week and, and and stuff and what's what's nice is 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 typically I would say hey here's some things that I have for you to focus on this week that I need you to do and then they also have their own running task list of what they need to do so each of us kind of have our own our own personal private task list. And then we also have a shared one. So that way I can see, um, I can see what they're working on uh, with, with, with Google tasks. You can, you can set dates and subtasks with it too. So, yeah, you know, so I can put, I, I can say, Hey, Dusty, I've, I need you to, to do this and here's what I need you to do it by. And I can actually put a scheduled date, date and time in it. Which also shows up in in Google Calendar uh, shows up in, there as well. So it's just it, it's been a really cool way for us to to kind of stay stay up to date with each other and share tasks and um, and setting dates and times for stuff has just has been amazing. Like I've been able to schedule, you know, just. I can schedule tasks. Like I need to make this call at this time. I need to go and check on something this day and time. So there's even a possibility that I could even use Google, uh, Google task for, you know, for what we're talking about here with, with
0: scheduling hour by hour. Yeah, for sure. There's lots of different ways to do it. And that's, I think that's why I'm so heavily saying to everybody, like this doesn't mean that it's necessarily the end all be all I'm just I know at this point in my journey that I don't know a lot. I know enough to get by. And if you get complacent with your systems and you don't attempt to better them, you're going to hit a wall and I hit a wall. So it was time for a change and here we are.
1: Yep. That's great.
0: So hopefully that helps somebody. I mean, maybe it will, maybe it won't. If it, if it does let us know, because organization is key. I don't, you know, there was always, I've said this for many years, there's a lot of people around me that would justify you know, over my years of in school and other stuff, they would say things like, well, I work best in chaos and I call BS. I don't care who you are. You will always, 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 always perform better with a plan. Always. Like there is never, you know, there's opinions on how to execute a plan or how to create a plan or what the, the battle plan looks like. But the fact of the matter is you will always perform better with a plan. I don't, yeah. I feel like that's not even opinion. It can't be an opinion. <laughs> no, it, I think there's something to like, I work good under
1: pressure. Pressure helps me focus. Just don't put yourself intentionally. But in there's, <laughs> but there's different situations. Like if things are chaotic, that's to me, that shows a failure of a bunch of other things that's going on. If, if things are chaos, that shows that you have other issues of stuff that you need to, to get in line in your life. If things are chaotic, it's normal to have pressure and due dates and stuff like that. But um, if, if things are chaotic, like you should never create chaos to work under. Um, Cause I'll say and this, it's, like, it's not going to go well with, with employees. If you're right, putting, I, <laughs> if you're putting your team, was... if you're putting your team and employees into chaos
0: to try to get them to do to do stuff that is not going to go well i was and that was the last thing i was going to say is even if you work great under chaos and you can manage to get lucky in it or whatever that's not a scalable approach no because you're going to find more people that suffer in chaos than thrive yeah Um, so anyway that's all i'll leave everybody with today hopefully this conversation helped everybody else out a little bit and if it did you should let us know yeah. And if you're listening to this
1: and you have a system that works well for you, please let us know, please share. We would, we would love to to hear what works for you because there's something that, you, that either we can learn from you or we could pass along to people in the next podcast. Say, Hey, you know, we heard from, uh, you know, from Joe and this is what Joe does. And it sounds really good. Is what Karen does. And, it, and that, that sounds really good. And there's things we can, we can learn from that because, um, yeah, it's definitely, it, it is not easy to to keep up with things, especially just in in a small business, there's everybody's wearing multiple hats and trying to do multiple things. And it's really hard to do, to do things in excellence with that. So, yep. Yep. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and uh, definitely leave some feedback. Yep. We'll, Hey, if you're listening to this, please refer us to two of your friends. We would love if you could if you could help us grow this podcast just think of two people that, that that would uh that would gain gain something from
0: checking us out and if you refer us to three let us know and i'll give you a silent clap hmm. i'll give you a real help digitally yeah digital <laughs> all right all right guys we'll catch you next time